The Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus stood before the governor, Pontius Pilate, and he questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say so. And when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you? But he did not answer him one word, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now, on the occasion of the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had assembled, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed him over. While he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with that righteous man. I suffered much in a dream today because of him. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas, but to destroy Jesus. The governor said to them in reply, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They answered, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. But he said, Why, what evil has he done? They only shouted the louder, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all, but that a riot was breaking out instead, he took water and washed his hands in the sight of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. Look to it yourselves. And the whole people said in reply, His blood be upon us and upon our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But after he had Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus inside the praetorium and gathered the whole whole cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him. Weaving a crown out of thorns, they placed it on his head, and a reed in his hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat upon him, and took the reed, and kept striking him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his own clothes, and led him off to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a Cyrene named Simon, This man they pressed in service to carry his cross. And when they got, came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They gave Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall. But when he had tasted it, he refused to drink. After they had crucified him, they divided his garments by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And they placed over his head the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests, with the scribes and the elders, mocked him and said, He saved others. He cannot save himself. 
Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. Which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, This one is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine, and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, Wait, wait. Let us see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Please kneel. And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and the men with him were keeping watch over Jesus, feared greatly when they saw the earthquake and all that was happening. And they said, Truly, this was the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Said Jesus on the cross, quoting the psalm we read in the Mass, Psalm 22. Why did Jesus keep going? What kept him going? He felt forsaken, he felt abandoned. And in a way, like many of us, he felt in a complete state of isolation. Physically, he was tortured, thirsty, hungry, carrying the weight of the cross, scorched at the pillar, crowned with thorns. Emotionally abandoned by his friends, betrayed by Judas. Next to him, only two thieves, and one of them was mocking him. Socially also abandoned, alone, humiliated, people making fun of him, people 
define his divine identity, his mission seemed a great failure. And even spiritually, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you in this moment? What kept Jesus going? On a surface level, we could think that Jesus was abandoned by the Father. But when you read the whole psalm, if you read the, all the context, you gain a new insight on Psalm 22. The psalm says, They divide my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. But then he says this important phrase, But you, O Lord, be not far from me, O my help, hasten to aid me. I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. That's the key to understand Psalm 22. The two things that kept Jesus going were the presence of the Father and the hope for the glory of the resurrection. First he says, O Lord, be not far from me. Come to help me. So yes, on a surface level, it seems that Jesus is away from the Father. And it's true that maybe his body and his feelings are in darkness, but not so his will and his intelligence. The higher powers of his souls are clinging to the presence of the Father. It's like a patient that is suffering in the hospital, lying on bed. And although this patient feels the suffering and the pain of the body, he or she feels comforted, consoled by the presence of a beloved person. That's how Jesus was on the cross. On the side of his body, physical pain, on the side of his emotion, in a life abandoned by many. But in the deep recesses of his soul, he knows the Father is with him. You, O Lord, be not far from me. Hasten to aid me. That's why Jesus kept going. The Father was there. He was able to see and experience and know that the Father was there. But that's not enough. The second reason why Jesus kept going is the hope for the future. I will proclaim your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you, says Psalm 22. So in the midst of the cross, Jesus is reciting this psalm. I will proclaim your name to my brethren, my brothers and sisters, in the midst of the assembly. The Greek word is ecclesia, the church. I will praise you. So, he knows that the victory is coming. 
He knows that he will rise from the dead. He knows that he will come back to the assembly and he will proclaim the name of the Father. He knows in the midst of darkness that the Father will raise him up, will deliver him from death, and he will come back in the midst of the assembly, the church, to praise God, to praise the Father. So in the midst of the cross, the resurrection is already there. And that's what kept Jesus going. The future filled with hope. The certainty of the victory of God. The certainty of the resurrection. That's what kept Jesus going. The Father and a future filled with hope. And I know many of us are starting to feel the burden of isolation. And we could be identified with the cry of Jesus on the cross. Why have you forsaken me? Where are you right now? Physically unable to gather, and even socially, it's so difficult not to be close to people, not to be able to hug people, to meet for a birthday party and whatever. Emotionally, many people struggle because of being alone. Many people miss being in community. Spiritually, many Catholics are struggling without the sacraments. And some Catholics are even struggling with the leadership of the church. They feel abandoned. So in whatever, and even families, I know sons or daughters that have to be separated from their parents, or some of the patients who have the virus, they are in the hospital and they are in complete isolation. Not even the spouse can visit. So in the midst of this, we can rejoice that Jesus was there also. That's the good news of this gospel. Jesus went through it as well. What kept him going is what can keep us going as well. The certainty of the presence of the Father in our lives and the certainty of the future resurrection that we will praise him in the midst of the assembly. So let us cling to the things that kept Jesus going.